Welcome to Your Work, Your Way. This is the podcast where you learn to get in touch with your inner CEO with soul. Learn to take charge of your career. Learn to show up with confidence in a way that is aligned with who you really are. I'm your host, Lisa Filia, Masters in Psychology, Certified Life Coach, Expert Career Confidence Coach, and Founder of Believe C. Let's dive in. Today's episode, we are diving into the ego. And if there's one thing for you to remember from today, let it be that our ego is our asset. We don't have to villainize it. We don't have to try to kill it off. We don't have to see it as something to shame or as the bad thing or the thing we're supposed to overcome, like it's this big problem child. No. We can have so much respect for it. And I think when you listen to this episode, you are going to leave feeling relieved because there is so much wrapped up into trying to overcome the ego or trying to get rid of it or like it's this big bad thing, yet we're attached to it. And what do we do? And when I share with you what I'm about to share with you in this episode, I think you're just going to feel such immense release in relief as you realize it's okay. It is okay. It is okay to have an ego. We all have one. It's part of being a human. It's what it is to be in this life. And I will share more about that in a moment. But this can take away some of the pressure I think there sometimes is around the self-help field or especially around spirituality in this idea that you're supposed to have an, an ego death that's happening. And it sounds so dramatic. And I get the intention and the sentiment behind it. I truly understand that. But I don't think the language is supportive. I actually think it's tearing us down and making it harder to truly evolve and show up in the way we want to. So this episode is going to be such a help to anyone who's ever felt confused about how to approach themselves or annoyed with the idea of the ego or the inner judger or feeling anxious and they don't know what to do with it and they're upset at themselves for it. This episode is going to give you some relief and some guidance. Before we get into the episode, though, we will do our work when. And today I am celebrating a specific client of mine. And this is a win that's a, a more on the personal front. And it's a demonstration of the power of being there for yourself and of loving on the ego and the soul and using that to help make decisions. So for anyone who's ever felt conflicted internally, I think this win will be an example for you to see how you can get through internal conflict and that truly there is the opportunity to be aligned with yourself as you're making hard decisions. So this client, she had been planning a trip to another country for a while now and had been quite excited about this trip but then found out that a family member's surgery was being postponed and overlapping with the trip that she had planned. 
And so she shared with me that she canceled her trip because her priority was to be able to help her family member during this time and that she could simply travel afterwards. She shared with me that she was feeling good about the decision, that she let herself feel sad at the moment, but that it passed and now she was happy to be able to show up for her family member and for herself in these times. She went on to share, and this is a direct quote, I didn't judge myself for being sad about the trip and even let myself have a little cry without judgment in regards to it either. It was really nice because once it was honored, I was able to go forward with how I wanted to show up. Thank you. This is a true celebration. It is an example of how we can make decisions aligned with ourselves, how we can feel without layering on all this judgment about it, how we can say no to something that truly did excite us without being resentful for it because we made the decision from a place aligned with what we truly want. This client is an example of this, and I am so glad for her. And we chatted a little more about it. And we talked about how it was such a demonstration of her alignment within her internal alignment and ability to see what she truly wanted to hear the complaints, to hear the sorrows, to hear the sadness coming from within and process through it to make a decision that felt good to her. So for all of you listening, you can have this too. You can decide from a place of alignment. And if you have a decision, whether it's about a trip coming up or a business move or a career aspiration and you're trying to decide what's next, you don't have to stay in the internal conflict. You can help yourself find alignment. And this is the power of coaching. It helps you to process what's going on. And because my approach is a soul level approach, it gets to the root of the cause of what's happening for you to help you move through the conflict, get aligned within the conflict and move forward in a way that feels good to you. This doesn't mean you don't feel sad by what you decide, but it means you know how to process that sadness or whatever the emotion is and move forward because of it. So if you want help with this, join me in one-on-one coaching. This is my container where you go deep into what's showing up for you. You help yourself forward. You make big moves in your career, in your business, in your life. You want help with this? Join me. It starts with a consult. This is a free call where we dive into what's showing up for you and we plan what coaching together would look like. To sign up, go to believeseed.com slash schedule and you can get on the calendar and we can start helping you make those soul aligned decisions. Okay, so back to today's topic all about the ego. What I'm about to share with you. I've been percolating on for a while. I feel like I've been like simmering or like a tea kettle on the stove and I, and I reached my boiling point and not in a bad way, but in a passionate way, just this past week when I was working with a fellow colleague and and coaching her using my new soul activation framework. Now, what I realized was the power of the ego. And what I really came to terms with when coaching my client 
was the beauty of the ego. And so this episode is one near and dear to my heart, to my ego, and probably to your ego too. I think your ego is going to love this episode. It's going to, your ego is going to be like, yes, I'm finally understood. So I think you're really going to get value from today. So what I want to do is I want to share with you six different points that have to do with the ego. All of this is really to build a case. This whole episode is building a case for the power of the ego. And the bottom line message you leave with is that your ego is your asset. This means you don't have to villainize it or kill it off. You instead get to use it for you. Doesn't that sound better? I mean, I feel like my soul too is just like, yes, finally, no more battle, no more trying to annihilate a part of who we are or a part of our ourselves that we've brought to us in this life. So I can't wait to share this content with you. So let's stop waiting. I'm going to go ahead and dive in. The first point I want to make, this has to do with the origin of the ego. And as I'm going through these points, they are going to sound abstract because we are talking at a pretty abstract level here. So I'm going to be weaving in some stories to help make this content come to life more. And as I'm sharing them, I'd invite free to think about ways in which this relates to you, to your own life, your own transformations. So the first point, our soul created our ego to serve itself in the physical world. So I want you to imagine you pre-birth, your soul, you, that energetic essence, it decides it wants to have a physical life. It wants to experience in the physical realm, but the soul isn't physical. So how does it do that? It comes into a body and it creates an ego to keep that body alive in order for it to be able to experience the physical realm. So the soul created the ego as its tool to survive at a physical level in this world. So the ego was never meant to be an adversary. It was always meant to be a tool. And I want us to think of it in that way, the ego as our tool. And if we think about it in this way, we can we can understand how it's there to serve us. So when I use the word ego, it can feel very intangible. And so some aspects of the ego that you might relate to more are things like your inner judger, that voice that judges, that nitpicks. That is an aspect of an ego, um, a non-healthy ego or, or a part of you that needs some support potentially. It doesn't have to mean that something's completely out of whack or that you're unhealthy in any way, but oftentimes that is where this emerges. But that inner judger, that judger is not bad. It's not there to take us down. It's there to help support us. It's there to guide us. It's just sometimes misconstrued in how to do that. And so it says things to us that are mean, that are hurtful, not to bring us down and that be the end goal though. If you were to ask your ego, why do you do that? Why do you say those things? And you were to keep asking yourself why. And I've done this with myself and I've done this with my clients. It never ends with to destroy you. 
it always keeps going. It always keeps going to the point where it's to keep you safe, to keep you alive, to not have to experience harm, to not have to deal with things that seem like they could hurt us. The ego is trying to help us. And that judger, oh, that judger, it sometimes does not know how to help us. I'm not saying the ego is always wise in its approach, but I'm saying that it's well-intentioned. So when you have that inner judger, that critic inside tearing you down, you don't have to listen to it. You don't have to believe it. But you also don't have to make it into a, a bad villain. It, it's, there's this idea out there that everything we do is either a demonstration of love or a symbol of a cry for help. And the same is true with the inner judger. If our inner judger is not judging in a way that's loving, then what it is is it's a cry for help. It's saying, hey, I'm trying to support you. I'm trying to help you in some way. So when you have an inner judger that is saying things to you like, you can't do this. You can't figure this out. That's not the way. Who do you think you are? What are you trying to prove here? You don't know what you're doing. You should just stop. You should just stay quiet. You should just be small. You should just stay home. You shouldn't try out for that job or that position. You shouldn't speak up. No one wants to hear from you. When you have the judger reciting those things to you, it's a cry for help. If it doesn't feel like love, then it's a cry for help. So, so you ask the judger, 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 what, what's your goal here? What's your goal? And you'll hear its response. Maybe it's to keep you safe. Maybe it's to keep you small. Okay, Judger, why do you want to keep me small? What's the point of that? Well, if you're small, you won't stand out. Okay, Judger, why, why don't you want me to stand out? What's the point of that? Well, standing out puts you up into a potentially dangerous situation, and we don't want that, so let's, let's kind of keep you contained so that you're safe because we're in control. Okay, judger, so your goal is you don't want me to be in danger. Yes. Okay. That's a goal we all can get on board with, right? If, if you ask your judger enough questions, you can get to the truth of its purpose, of its intention. Anytime you have a judgment, one, it doesn't have to be a true indicator of anything. Two. It's your opportunity to ask, is this serving me? Is this self-supportive? As in, is this love? Or is this hurting me? As in, is this a cry for help? If it's a cry for help, doesn't mean assume what it says is true about you. It means assume that it has an intention it's trying to serve and it's using verbiage and language as a means to try to keep you safe or to keep you out of danger or to keep you successful, whatever your own inner judger's goal might be in that moment. But when you do this, you see it's trying to serve a purpose. That judger, part of the ego, it's not a villain. It's not a foe. We want to transform our relationship with it. We want to help ourselves see its true purpose. 
its underlying message for why it's there. So our soul created this ego to serve us in the physical. Let's remember that. Let's remember it was never meant to be the villain. It was never meant to be the thing to shame. It was always meant to support us forward. This brings me to my second point, which is that sometimes our ego takes on tasks it was never meant to own. And this misdelegation of tasks is where we can truly face some hardships. Like I mentioned earlier around that inner judger kind of going to the extreme. I want you to, though, instead of thinking of it as this bully in our head, I want you to think about it like a team member who just doesn't know how to say no or doesn't know how to lead. Doesn't know. It just doesn't know what to do. And so what it does, it tries to control the situation. And so how does it control the situation? It gets really rigid in its approach. It says limiting things to you because if you can limit the scope, then it's less things for to have to try to figure out and it's left to have to process and it's better able to probably keep you safe. And so that's the approach it takes. So it tries to get you under control, under its own grasp, like that team member who just doesn't know how to move forward, how to let go, how to say no. It just tries to own all aspects of your life, not in a bully way. And even if you've felt like you've been bullying yourself or beating up on yourself before, a lot of times bullies are doing that because of their own insecurities, because they feel small in some way, because it's their cry for help. This doesn't mean you have to let the bully get away with it, but what it means is you can connect in this realization that life can be hard. We don't know what other people are going through. And we can be there for ourselves and set boundaries with others and with ourselves, with our own ego, with our own judger. Not from a place of trying to contain it, though. Because if you, if you approach your ego and that inner judger that's a part of it from this place of trying to contain, contain it and control it, trying to keep it buttoned up, trying to keep it under wraps, trying to cage it within... Sure, you might be able to put a pretty bow on it. You might be able to bottle up that part of you that you don't love, but it's still there. And sometimes I've thought about myself where I have this image of this woman in a cage, this me in a cage, and it's dark and I am screaming in rage, holding on to the bars of this cage. And I used to think that this is what I had to do with my anger. I had to bottle it up because anger was a sign that I didn't have everything figured out or it wasn't proper or it wasn't right to express it because it wasn't very kind to be angry. And so I used to bottle up this anger inside and I didn't know what to do with it. And so it would come out in ways that I felt like were okay to express it. Like it would come out as anxiety because anxiety felt safer for me to feel than anger. Because anxiety, I could still play the card of the nice lady, 
the nice one, like, oh, look at me, I'm anxious. Oh, you can still hold me, right? Like it it felt safer than letting myself be upset. And so I was trying to contain my feelings. And the reason I'm talking about this in an episode about the ego is because our soul doesn't create feelings. Our soul is just in love, in self-confidence, in joy. So I guess in a sense, if you think of those as feelings, then it then it it's just a constant state. But that's an internal essence. Our, our soul doesn't create the ups and downs, waves of emotions. That comes from our ego. And our soul will sometimes respond to that and the vibrational difference between our soul and our ego's feelings will show you, will be a quality to let you see whether you're, you're in alignment with yourself, whether how you feel internally is a match or not. So sometimes you'll have that. But the, the ego is the one that's really showing these feelings. Our ego, again, as our tool of our soul. And so being upset, being angry, is a quality of the ego. And it's often villainized. It's often seen as bad. But it is not bad. Every emotion serves a purpose. Every emotion has a function. And sometimes you move beyond the function of the emotion and then the emotion lets itself go of you. Your ego drops it because it's no longer serving its need. But all of our emotions serve a purpose. And sometimes they're not coming from us. Sometimes the purpose of an emotion is like the universe is going through. The, the planets are in an emotional state or not really emotion, but an energetic vibrational state. And it moves through us and it can express itself in, in an emotional quality. But they're there to serve us. And our ego brings these to us and shows us these. And our body also shows us these to serve us. So getting back to my story about caging this up, caging this warrior anger within, you don't, ex- you don't escape it. You just turn it into something else. Like I was turning it into anxiety and then I was turning it into the self-critic that would just judge on myself because it felt safer to judge me than to judge others. But the truth is, our ego is there to serve us. And so if I'm feeling angry, I can ask myself why. And if I don't have a clear reason, that's okay. Maybe it's the planetary state. Maybe it's the environment that I'm in, the vibrational essence of the actual environment that I'm in that's creating it. But the question is, is this emotional state a sign of an internal conflict where I am not aligned with myself, or is it a sign of an external conflict where I am not in alignment with my outward environment? Meaning I can change environments or I can change myself. And those are the choices. Or of course, you could just stay in misalignment, true to what you are and and how you're showing up, knowing it doesn't align with where you're at. I guess that's also an option. But when you try to control your ego, which is often what we try to do because we don't know what to do with it, and those emotions that come from the ego because they feel uncontrollable, 
and so we bottle them up inside. They don't disappear. They're there. And so I've been doing a lot of my own self-work in the past months around this rage. And if you knew me, and and I mean, you do know me, (laughs) I am real on this podcast, but if you knew me at a personal level, you would probably not think of me as somebody with anger or, or rage because that wasn't really what I was expressing. But lately I've let myself express it. I've let myself be angry. And this doesn't mean I go on the attack. And I think that's what people think when they hear anger. This at least was my experience that being angry meant you had to attack something. But anger could just be an emotional expression. It doesn't have to mean a fight. It's just an intensity of impact of an emotional experience that you're having. And so how I've been processing my anger has been in the form of movement and in the form of a breath. I've been turning music on and moving, just letting my body move. And oftentimes it's a staccato movement, a, a jagged movement almost, but it's so good. It feels so good to let it out. It feels so good to express. It feels so good to not try to cage myself up. It feels so good to let myself be a human and have emotions and not make it mean I'm wrong or bad for having them. So let's let's all just stop trying to control our emotions. That's not the right approach. And I say this, and you might you might even see this as hypocritical because I've been growing as a coach and in my beginning years as a coach, I would talk about managing anxiety and sometimes I do think I did it from a place of control. Now I'm, I'm over that. I don't believe in control as the goal because the control was never the goal. The point of the, the ego, of the soul making the ego was not to control things. It was to give it um, a platform to experience things with feelings, uh, using the, the body, using our mind in order to be a platform to experience this physical realm. So it was never to control. The ego's goal is sometimes it thinks it's meant to control, but that isn't the goal. The goal is actually just to be a platform to express. So we've misdelegated the tasks of the ego and our ego has thought that it's supposed to control. And so it's often takes on this role of containment, of trying to button things up and hide things away. And I invite for you to, if that's how you've been approaching your own ego, and now let's talk about the aspect of the ego as emotions and judgment, that's not the goal. It's not to contain things away or hide away parts of ourselves from ourselves. We need to look at those parts of ourselves because their experiences to be had. There's wisdom within it, within all aspects of who we are. And so we want to help ourselves do that. So instead of using the ego to control, we want to use the ego as a valued platform, as a place for us to grow and experience. And what happens is our, we, we get so into this tool that we developed, the ego, it, it kind of takes, takes charge, especially in the beginning stages of our life when we're trying to survive. And sometimes what that means is it can forget about the soul. It 
forgets because it's so focused on surviving. It's so focused on getting those basic needs met that it it forgets about the soul. And so what we want to also do is remind ourselves, as in remind our ego, hey, you're not alone in this. You're not alone in this. You, you have a soul. You are the soul. And the ego is the tool. And ego, you are there and you are supported. Remind yourself of your own inner support system. The next step I want to talk about. When we see our ego for what it is, as that tool to support us, and that it was created to help us interact in this physical world, it's also a reminder of what it means to have an ego. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to personify the ego, meaning I'm going to give it human-like qualities as if you were the ego. But I don't want this to be confused with me saying you are your ego. You are not your ego. You are your soul. Your ego is the tool you created as a soul. You created this tool. But sometimes our aspects of ourselves, these tools that we create, they get an energy essence of their own, a consciousness of their own. And so I'm going to talk about the ego in that way for a moment. I'm going to give it its own personality. Even though it's a tool, it's not you. It's, it's your tool. So here's what I want to say about it. Our ego is the most courageous asset we have. I mean, think about it. You have this ego, this ego that knows it's going to die and yet continues to do whatever it can to live. This ego that's cut off from the greater essence of all that is and yet still wants to feel worthy. This ego that wants to have value and be respected and be respectful and contribute. So here it is, not knowing what's going to happen because it's in the dark, because it's in time and space, which means movement, because time passes in that way in this realm that we've created in this physical aspect, which means it doesn't know what's coming next, which means there's a next to be had that it can't control. And yet it does whatever it can to try to make sense of it, to make understanding from something that is impossible to truly understand at the egoic level. And yet it tries anyways. That is so beautiful to me. That is so brave to me. And I just can't help but be in love with my ego when I think about it like that. I just can't help but to appreciate and respect it for the deep work, the courageous efforts that it makes. Our ego is valiant. Your ego is out there serving you in a way where it doesn't know what's going to happen. It doesn't know what will be the end. And yet it doesn't give up. It keeps going. It keeps pushing. And it uses its tools sometimes to our own detriment, but always to try to help ourselves forward. Let's love on the ego. Let's appreciate the ego for what it is. Let's respect the amazing qualities that it brings us. 
And let's remember how hard it is for the ego. And so my next point that I want to bring, and, and I've, I've kind of just said it, but I want to reiterate it, is to remind ourselves of the beauty of our ego. People don't let themselves do this because our culture has often shamed the ego and made it into this bad thing, like we're trying to not be egotistical. But we need a healthy ego to survive. That is why the soul created the ego in the first place was to survive in the physical realm, to be able to be grounded in in a physical reality. So we need the ego. And what we want to do is we want to create a healthy ego, which means grounding it, which means giving it stability, which means appreciating and loving it so it doesn't have to feel like it has to prove itself over and over and over again. Let's remember. Oh, our ego and the richness and the complexity of what it is and what it brings us. Let's take a moment to thank our ego for what it does for us. To say, ego, I see you. I hear you. I value you. You show up every day not knowing what's going to happen and yet continuing forward. Let's write love letters to our ego. I I often talked about writing love letters to ourselves that are coming from the soul. Now let's actually take this to the next step and let's write to our ego, telling our ego, specifically our ego, meaning those parts of ourselves that maybe we don't always love, the parts of ourselves that want to be needed, the parts of ourselves that want to be respected, the parts of ourselves that feel scarcity sometimes, that want to be appreciated, that want to feel abundant, that want, 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 want. Let's appreciate and respect and value and honor that part of ourselves and love on it. Let's remind ourselves of the beauty of it, of the glee of being in joy, of appreciating all that our ego is. This means writing a letter to the inner judger. This isn't positioning the judger as the the one that knows. It's simply positioning the judger from a place of respecting its intention even when sometimes its approach is misguided. It's appreciating our emotions, even when sometimes it feels like they get carried away. It's respecting the journey that we're on with the ego that we have, knowing we might not always love the way it goes, but valuing still the fact that it's there for us as our tool. Because when we can remind ourselves of this, of the beauty, of the grace in the chaoticness that our ego can sometimes be, it helps the ego to relax. It helps the ego to not feel like it has to put on a show to impress, that it has to control every single element in order to be okay, because it helps the ego remember that it's already okay. Because the soul is there to support it. It helps it show it that it's not alone, even though it feels alone. Because it knows it has the soul there with it. This is a way for us to help create a healthy ego. To help get our ego feeling good. And when it feels good, it can release its need to control. And it helps us to surrender then. And for our ego to actually hear our soul and respond and take action as the supporter of the soul 
as opposed to trying to dominate what's going on. It gives our ego a chance to relax and to do what it was meant to do, to be our asset. The last thing I want to talk about, and I I keep saying, oh, in this point, in this point, in this point, but really they all are distilling down to the same purpose, that our ego is our tool. And so I specifically want to talk about not shaming the ego. And I want to talk about it in the sense of it's not bad. It's not wrong. It's human. It's a part of what it is to be human. And let's stop making the goal to kill it off. Ego death is not the goal. Maybe that's the eventual goal, but it's not something to force. It's not like our goal is to kill off the ego. How can I evolve beyond my own mind right now? Let's do it. No. It's a gradual process of respecting the ego, of being one with your own ego so that it has grounding and stability. And when it does, it lets go. It reintegrates. So it becomes the supporter and not the one trying to control. In a previous episode, I talked about this a bit. And I believe it was the ego versus soul discomfort episode. So if you want to dive into this more, make sure to check out that episode. I think that's where I talked about this before. But I talked about it's not that the ego dies. It's that it's like the the cocooning process where when you put a caterpillar into a cocoon, it disintegrates and reconfigures out a butterfly as a butterfly. And it's not that the ego's gone. Is the caterpillar still there? Is the caterpillar still part of the butterfly? Yes. It's just different. It's a new energetic quality. It's a new configuration. It's a dissolving into. It's an evaporation. Like when you get out of the pool or out of a lake, you have water droplets on your skin and then they disappear. Did they disappear? Are they gone? Did they die? No, they've just evaporated. They've changed form. It's the same with our ego. It's not that it dies. We're just learning new ways to use it as our tool. And there's an evolutionary you know, process for how we do this just within our own life in the way that we approach our ego and, and how we create it. And when it has its spot where it's trying to survive and then it goes and it, and it wants to be liked and then it goes and it wants to be different and then it wants to express, it goes through this evolution, these turning points for its next step of growth, its next step of growth, its next step of growth. But it's, it's for you. It's for your soul. It's for your essence to experience all of these pieces. So it is a beautiful tool. It is not to be shamed. It is not to try to forcibly kill off. The way to the soul is not to kill off the ego. The way to the soul is through the ego to build it up, to create a healthy relationship with it, And then naturally, it 
releases its need to control. It lets go. And then it it allows your soul to express through it. It becomes the true tool, the true recipient of your soul's guidance, the true responder of that guidance, and a true partner in this life. But only when we let ourselves see it that way, only when we stop shaming ourselves for having an ego, for having emotions, for having judgments, only when we do that can we reconnect to that power of our soul and use the ego as an incredible, valiant, courageous tool helping us forward in this human life. That's what I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, that ego is your asset. So let's find relief in knowing there's nothing we have to do to try to get rid of it. We don't have to be mad at ourselves for having it. Instead, we can appreciate it for its intention and use it to help us forward and use it as the recipient of our soul's message and the responder and the one setting forth, taking action on our soul's behalf. If you want to learn how to do this for yourself, and if you are a coach and you are wanting to learn how to help your clients do this for themselves, join me in my soul activation coach training and certification. This program has not yet officially launched. We are in pre-launch stage, but if you already know you want in, let me know. Send me an email at lisa at beliefseed.com and you'll get in on a special pre-launch beta round rate. Thank you. And remember to use your ego as your asset. Thanks for listening to today's episode. And if you loved what you heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. I help my clients to show up and do their work their way with soul. Whether it's so you can excel in your current role or so you can figure out what you want for your next role and get that role, coaching can help you get there. It begins with a consult. Sign up for yours by going to believeseed.com slash schedule. This is your free call and it is that first step towards that new life, that transformation into you doing your work in your way with soul.